Um, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Last Olympian. Um, this is the last book in the series, so I thank you all who have been with me from the very beginning or a long time, and I welcome you all who've newly joined. But with that, without further ado, let's get to the chapter. Chapter 1. Go Cruising with Explosives The end of the world started when a Pegasus landed on the hood of my car. Up until then, I was having a great afternoon. Technically, I wasn't supposed to be driving because I wouldn't turn 16 for another week. But my mom and my stepdad, Paul, took my friend Rachel and me to visit this private stretch of beach on the south shore that Paul let us borrow his Prius, Prius for a short spin. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wow, that was really irresponsible of him, blah, blah, blah. But Paul's know me pretty, knows me pretty well. He's been, he's seen me slice up demons and leap out of exploding school buildings. So he probably figured taking a car a few hundred meters wasn't the, exactly the most dangerous thing I'd ever done. Anyway, Rachel and I were driving along. It was a hot August day. Rachel's hair was pulled back in a ponytail and she wore a white blouse over her swimsuit. I'd never seen her in anything but ratty t-shirts and paint splatter jeans before, and she looked like a million golden drachmas. Well, pull it up right, pull up right here, she told me. We parked on a ridge overlooking the Atlantic. The sea is always one of my favorite places, but today it was especially nice. Glittery green and smooth as glass, as though my dad was keeping it calm, just for us. My dad, by the way, is Poseidon. You can do stuff like that. So, Rachel smiled at me. About that invitation. Oh, right. I tried to sound excited. I mean, she'd asked me to her family's vacation house on St. Thomas for three days. I didn't get a lot of offers like that. My family's idea of a fancy vacation was a week in a rundown cabin on Long Island with some movie rentals and a couple of frozen pizzas. And here, Rachel's folks were willing me to take, tag me along to the Caribbean. Besides, I seriously needed a vacation. The summer had been the hardest of my life. The idea of taking a break for even a few days was really tempting. Still, something was supposed to go down any day now. I'll go on call for mission. Even worse, next week was my birthday. There was this prophecy that said when I turned 16, bad things would happen. Percy, Rachel said, I know the timing is bad, but it's always bad for you, right? She had a point. I really wanted to go. I really want to go, I promised. It's just the war. I nodded. I didn't like talking about it, but Rachel knew. Unlike most mortals, she could see through the mist, the magic veil that distorts human vision. She'd seen, seen monsters. She'd met some of the other demigods who were fighting the Titans and their allies. She'd even been there last summer when we chopped up, when the chopped up Lord Kronos rose out of his coffin in a terrible new form and she'd earned my permanent respect by nailing him in the eye with a blue plastic hairbrush. She put her hand on my arm. Just think about it, okay? We don't leave, we would, don't leave for a couple of days. My dad, her voice faltered. Is he giving you a hard time? I asked. Mitchell shook her head in disgust. He's trying to be nice to me, which is almost worse. He wants me to go to Claire and Ladies Academy in the autumn. The school where your mom went? It's a stupid finishing school for society girls, all the way in New Hampshire. 
Can you see me going and finishing school? I admitted the idea sound pretty dumb. Rachel was into urban art projects and feeding the homeless and going to protest rallies to save the endangered yellow-bellied sapsucker and stuff like that. I'd never even see I'd never even seen her wear a dress. It was hard to imagine her learning to be a socialite. I, she sighed. She he thinks if he does a bunch of nice stuff for me, I'll feel guilty and give in. Which is why he agreed to let me come with you guys on vacation. Yes, but Percy, you'd be doing me a huge favor. It'd be so much better if you were with us. Besides, there's nothing there's something I want to talk about. Gio she stopped abruptly. Something you want to talk about? I asked. You mean, so serious we have to go to St. Thomas and talk about it? She pursed her lips. Look, just forget it for now. Let's pretend we're a couple of normal people. We're on a drive and we're watching the ocean. And it's nice to be together. I could tell something was bothering her, but she put on a brave smile. The sunlight made her hair look like fire. We spent a lot of time this summer. Together this summer. I hadn't exactly planned it to go that way. But the more serious things got at camp, the more I found myself needing to call up Rachel and get away just for some breathing room. I needed to remind myself that the mortal world was still out here, away from the monsters using me as their personal personal punching bag. Okay, I said. Just, act, just a normal afternoon and two normal people. She nodded. And so, hypothetically, if these two people liked each other, each other, what would it take to get the stupid guy to kiss the girl, huh? Oh, I felt like one of Apollo's sacred cows. Slow, dumb, and bright red. Um, I can't pretend I hadn't thought about Rachel. She was so much easier to be around. Well, then, well, then someone, some other girl I knew. I didn't have to work hard or watch what I said or rack my brain trying to figure out what she was thinking. Rachel didn't hide much. She'd let you know how she felt. I'm not sure what I would have done next, but I was so distracted I didn't notice the huge black form swooping down from the sky until four hooves landed on the hood of the Prius with a whoomp, 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 crunch. Hey, boss, a voice in my head. Nice car. Blackjack the Pegasus was an old friend of mine, so I tried not to get too annoyed by the craters he just put in the hood. But I think Ball... But I didn't think Paul Blofus would be real stoked. Blackjack, I sighed. What are you? Then I saw who was riding on his back, and I knew my day was about to get a whole lot more complicated. What's up, Percy? Charles Beckendorf, senior counselor for the Hephaestus cabin, who would make monsters cry for their mommies. He was huge with ripped mon- muscles, muscles from working in the forges every summer. He is two years older than me, and one of the camp's best armorsmiths. He made some serious, ingenious mechanical stuff. A month before, he'd rigged a Greek firebomb in the bathroom of a tour bus that was carrying a bunch of monsters across country. The explosion took out a whole legion of Kronos' evil meanies as soon as the first herpy went flush. Beckendorf was dressed for combat. He wore a bronze breastplate and a war helmet with black camo pants and swords strapped to his side. His explosives was his explosives bag was hung over his shoulder. Time? I asked. He nodded grimly. A lump formed in my throat. I'd known this was coming. I'd been planning it for weeks, but I'd half hoped it would never happen. Rachel looked up at Beckendorf. Hi.
Oh, hey, I'm Beckendorf. You must be Rachel. Percy's told me. I mean, he mentioned you. Rachel raised an eyebrow. Really? Good. She glanced at Blackjack, who was clomping his hooves around the hood of the Prius. So I guess you guys have to go save the world now. Pretty much, Beckendorf agreed. I looked at Rachel helplessly. Would you tell my mom? I'll tell her. She's, I'm sure she's used to it. And I'll explain to Paul about the hood. I nodded my thanks. I figured this might be the last time Paul loaned me his car. Good luck. Rachel kissed me before I could even react. Now get going, Half-Blood. Go kill some monsters for me. My last view was her sitting in the shotgun seat of the Prius, her arms crossed, crossed, watching as Blackjack circled higher and higher, carrying Beckendorf and me into the sky. I wonder what Rachel wanted to talk to me about, and whether I'd lived long enough to find out. So, Beckendorf said, I'm guessing you don't want me to mention that last little scene to Annabeth? Oh, gods, I muttered. Don't even think about it. Beckendorf chuckled, and together we soared out over the Atlantic. It was almost dark by the time we spotted our target. The Princess Andromeda glowed on the horizon. A huge cruise ship lit up yellow and white. From a distance, you'd think it was just a party ship, not the headquarters for the Titan Lord. Then, as you got closer, you might notice the giant figurehead. A dark-haired maiden in a Greek chiton, wrapped in chains with a look of horror on her face as she would smell the stench of all the monsters she was being forced to carry. Seeing the ship again twisted my guts into knots. I'd almost died twice on the Princess Andromeda. Now it was heading straight for New York. You know what to do? Beckendorf yelled over the wind. I nodded. We'd done dry runs at the dockyards in New Jersey, using abandoned ships as our targets. I knew how little time we would have, but I also knew this was our best chance to end Kronos' invasion before it even started. Blackjack, I said, set us down on the lowest stern deck. Gotcha, boss, he said. Man, I hate seeing that boat. Three years ago, Blackjack had been enslaved on the Princess Andromeda until he'd escaped with a little help from my friends and me. I figured he'd rather have his mane braided like my little pony than be back here. Don't wait for us, I told him. But boss, trust me, I said. We'll get out by ourselves. Blackjack folded his wings and plummeted towards the boat like a black comet. The wind whistled in his in my ears. I saw monsters patrolling the upper decks of the ship. Drachne snake women, hellhounds, giants, and humanoid sea lion demons known as Talkines. But we zipped by so fast none of them raised the alarm. We shot down the stern of the boat, and Blackjack spread his wings, lightly corner coming to a landing on the lowest deck. It climbed off, feeling queasy. Good luck, boss, Blackjack said. Don't let him turn you into horse meat. With that, my old friend flew off into the night. I took my pen out of my pocket, uncapped it, and riptide sprang to full size, one meter of deadly celestial bronze glowing in the dusk. Beckendorf pulled a piece of paper out of his pocket. I thought it was a map or something, then I realized it was a photograph. He stared at it in the dim light, smiling face of Selina Bordegard, daughter of Aphrodite. It started going out last summer, after years of the rest of us saying, Duh, you guys like each other. Even with all the dangerous missions, Beckendorf had been happier this summer than I'd ever seen him. We'll make it back to camp, I promised. For a second, I saw worry in his eyes, then he put on his confident, good old confident smile. You bet, he said. Let's go bro- blow Kronos into a million pieces. 
Beckendorf led the way. He followed a narrow corridor to the small stairwell, just like we'd practiced, but we froze when we heard noises above us. I don't care what your nose says, snarled the half-human, half-dog voice. Telkan. The last time you smelled half-blood, it turned out to be a meatloaf sandwich. Meatloaf sandwiches are good, a second voice snarled. But this half-blood... But this is half-blood, son, I swear. You're on board. Bah, your brain isn't on board. They continued to argue, and Beckendorf pointed downstairs. He, We descended as quietly as we could. Two floors down, the voices of the tail kind started to fade. Finally, we came to a metal hatch. Beckendorf mouthed the words, Engine Room. It was locked, but Beckendorf put on some chain cutters out of his bag and split the bolt like it was made of butter. Inside, a row of yellow turbines the size of grain silos churned and hummed. Pressure gauges and computer terminals lined the opposite wall. A telekine was hunched over a console, but he was so involved with his work he didn't notice us. He was about half a meter tall, with slick black sea lion fur and stubby little feet. He had the head of a Doberman, but his clawed hands were almost human. He growled and muttered as he tapped on his keyboard. Maybe he was messaging his fa- friends on UglyFace.com. I stepped forward and he tensed, probably smelling something was wrong. Leaped sideways towards a big red alarm button, but I blocked his path. He hissed and lunged at me, but one slice of Riptide, and he exploded into dust. One down, Beckendorf said. About 5,000 to go. He tossed me a jar of thick green liquid. Fire. Greek fire. One of the most dangerous magical substances in the world. Then he threw me another essential tool of demigod heroes. Ducked it. Slapped that one on the console, he said. I'll get the turbines. We went to work. The room was hot and humid, and no time and in no time we were drenched in sweat. The boat kept chugging along. Being the son of Poseidon and all, I have perfect bearings at sea. Don't ask me how, but I could tell we're forty point nineteen north, seventy one point ninety degrees west, making eighteen knots an hour, which meant the ship would arrive in New York Harbor by dawn. This would be our only chance to stop it. I just attached a second jar of Greek fire. I had just attached a second jar of Greek fire when the control uh, to the control panels when I heard a pounding of feet on metal steps. So many creatures coming down the stairwell, I could hear them over the engine. Not a good sign. I locked eyes with Beckendorf. How much longer? Too long. He taped his watch, which was our remote control detonator. He tapped his watch. Sorry. I still have to wire the receiver and prime the charge- charges. Ten more minutes at least. Judging from the footsteps, we had about ten seconds. I'll distract them, I said. Meet you at the Rendezvous uh, point. Percy, wish me luck. He looked like he wanted to argue. The whole idea had been to get in and out without being spotted, but we were going to have to improvise. Good luck, he said. I charged out of the door. Half a dozen telecons were tromping down the stairs. I cut them through with Riptide faster than they could yelp. I kept climbing, past another telekine who was so startled, dropped his little demon's lunchbox. I left him alive, partly because his lunchbox was cool, partly so he could raise the alarm and hopefully get his friends to follow me rather than head towards the engine room. I burst through a door onto deck six and kept ru- to deck six and kept running. I assured the carp, 
The carpeted hall had once been very plush, but over the last three years of Monster's occupation, the wallpaper, carpet, and stateroom doors had been clawed up and slimed so it looked like inside of a dragon throat. And yes, unfortunately, I speak from experience. Back on my first visit on the Princess Andromeda, my old enemy Luke had been kept some dazed tourists on board for show, shrouded in mist so they didn't realize they were on a monster-infested ship. No, I didn't see any kinds of tourists. I hated to think what had happened to them, but I kind of doubted they'd been allowed to go home with their bingo winnings. I reached the the promenade, a big shopping mall promenade, a big shopping mall that took up the whole middle of the ship, and I stopped cold. In the middle of the courtyard stood a fountain, and in the fountain squatted a giant crab. I'm not talking giant like seven ninety nine and all you can eat King Alaskan. I'm talking like giant, like bigger than the fountain. The monster rose over three meters tall out of the water. Its shell was molted blue and green, its pincers longer than my body. If you ever seen a crab's mouth all foamy and gross with whiskers snapping bits, you can imagine this one didn't look any better blown up to billboard size. Its beady black eyes glared at me, and I could see intelligence in them and hate. The fact that the son of the sea god was the fact that I was the son of the sea god was not going to win me any points with Mr. Krabby. It hissed, sea foam dripping from its mouth. The smell coming off it was like a garbage can full of fish sticks that had been sitting in the sun all week. Alarms blared. Soon I was going to have lots of company, and I had to keep moving. Hey, Krabby! I inched around the edge of the courtyard. I'm just going to scoot around you, so... The crab moved with amazing speed. It scuttled out... of the fountain and came straight at me, pincers snapping. I dived into a gift shop, plunging through a rack of t-shirts. The crab pinchers smashed the glass walls to pieces and raked across the rooms. I dashed back outside, breathing heavily, but Mr. Krabby turned and followed. There, a voice said from a balcony above me. Intruder! If I wanted to create a distraction, I'd succeeded, but it was not where I wanted, this is not where I wanted to fight. I got pinned down in the center of the ship. It was crab show. Chow. Show. Chow. Whatever. The demonic Christine, Christine lunged at me. I sliced with Riftide, t- taking off the tip of its claws. It hissed and foamed, but it didn't seem very hurt. I tried to remember anything from the old stories that might help with this thing. Anbeth had told me about a monster crab. Something about Hercules crushing under his foot? That wasn't going to work here. This crab was slightly bigger than my rebooks. This then a weird thing came to me. Last Christmas, Mom and I had bought brought Paul Blofist to our old cabin at Montauk, where we'd been going forever. Paul had taken me crabbing, and when he brought up a net full of the things, he showed me the crabs that like have a chink in their armor, right in the middle of their ugly bellies. The only thing we were getting to the ugly bellies. I glanced at the fountain, then at the marble floor, concentrating on the water, and the fountain exploded. Water sprayed everywhere, three stories high, dousing the balconies and elevators and the windows and shops. The crab didn't care. It loved water. It came at me sideways, snapping and hissing. 
and ran and I ran straight at it, screaming. Just before we collided, I hit the ground baseball style and slid on the wet marble floor under the creature. It was like sliding under a seven ton marble vehicle, all realizing all the crab had to do was sit down and squash me. But before it realized what was going on, I jabbed Riptide into the chunk into the chink in its armor, left let go of the hilt, and pushed myself back. The monster shuddered and hissed, its eyes dissolved, its shell turned bright red, and its insides evaporated. The empty shell clattered to the floor in a massive heap. And that was as far as I'm going to read today. You're going to have to get the rest next week from Percy Jackson, The Last Olympian, Last Book. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm also very, very happy that you guys have, um, nearly, nearly, nearly so close to 4,000 downloads. I don't know what got me so far. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's like this now. I am the most. Probably the most popular, I don't think I'm the most followed, but I'm definitely the most downloaded and popular Percy Jackson-related podcast in any category, at least on Podbean. I don't know, you can't really check much on Spotify about them. I guess you could check their followers, but... (sighs) Man. I don't know how to explain this. This is just awesome. (coughs) My bad, sorry. This is just awesome. I never thought... I started about exactly a year ago. And... I never thought I'd get this far, to be honest. I thought I'd quit within, like, five or six months. When I'd recorded, like, two, three books, max. And then I'd get... I don't even really know. I thought I'd get, like, I don't know, 10 followers, maybe? Now I'm at 39 followers. Coincidentally, 3,900 downloads. So, maybe, just maybe, when I wake up tomorrow, we can... 40 downloads, 4,000... 4,000 downloads, 40 followers. Maybe possibility. Maybe. Um... Also, please do comment if you want me to um, do another year or just another another like season or whatever. Uh, also, please do go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean and uh, look for my podcast and comment any questions, concerns, complaints, um, or after this series if you want me to read any specific series, I'll read most books. Hope, mm, don't have to be, obviously, they don't have to be related or alike Percy Jackson, but I know a lot of people that, like, have gotten requested to um, read, like, Harry Potter and whatnot, so if you guys have anything special, like, oh, this this guy would be perfect to read this and that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Please do comment that. Um, 
Yeah. See you later. Thanks for listening. This is Isaac. Peace.